0: Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation, New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt. And I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And and listen, um, uh, our church, we're actually coming out of a week of prayer and fasting. I don't know if you're like me, I, I feel like fasting is a bad idea from the Lord. <laughs> but uh, I hate when I'm in it, but I always love the way it produces. And, and it's funny, each and every uh, uh, morning and evening, we would have a time of uh, 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 corporate prayer together. And um, I, you know what, I'm fascinated, just every time when I pray with other people, there's something spiritual and deep that happens. Like, like when people pray together, it's like we can we can get a glimpse into one another's soul like we see different dimensions and aspects of who this individual is i remember so we're, we're praying. Uh, we have a Jamaican woman uh, um, and her, her, we just call her Mama Joyce, right? And Mama Joyce, when she prays, like, like she prays uh, like Elizabethan English or the King James version, right? And so we beseech thee, O Lord, right? And, and she'll, she'll, she'll do that. But man, as I'm praying with her, it's amazing. It's like I can see this this royalty and this dignity in her soul. Um, we have another woman, uh, Ethel, and, and whenever she prays, she's just always giving God thanks. God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. It, it's like she expects nothing and is just grateful for everything. And and, it, and it's actually, it's so endearing and it, it, it's it's a glimpse into her soul. And and we have a, a, another woman from, uh, from Africa, I believe she's from Ghana, and uh, Evelyn, and when she prays, man, it's passion it's on fire. She's either going to sing or shout, one of the two. And, and there's two things you can do uh, when she sings or shouts. You can either join in or you can awkwardly stare, right? And those are your kind of your two options. But but I love how we can see into the soul of other people. And, you know, the reason why I say that is, is today, uh, we are going to peer into, get a glimpse into the prayer life of Jesus. We're going to be in John 17. And in John 17, it's Jesus's high priestly Prayer, you know, it's 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 literally hours uh, before the cross. It's minutes before he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is just going to stop, and he's going to pray to his Father. He's going to pray for his disciples, and he's also going to pray for you and for me. And so let's look into the the, the prayer life uh, of Jesus. But but before we get there, um, I, I want to I want to highlight a word. It's this word glory, right? It's, it's going to be everywhere in Jesus's prayer. And so I, I want to attempt to define it. However, the, the word glory can be unbelievably difficult uh, to define or articulate. because, So, for example, I, I, was, I was researching in, in one of the Bible dictionaries uh, that, I, that I found. You know the definition for glory? It just said this indescribable (laughs) so so when a dictionary says this word we don't know all right you know you're in trouble but but let me uh, attempt to do it you know in the in the old testament the word for glory um, it's this word kabod kabod and, and it means a weight or a heaviness. It's this idea, if you get like uh, on the scales, it's always the, the heaviest uh, item that, that, that leans in. And it's this idea of glory is that thing that leans us towards the beauty of God, the power of God. Um, and, and if that's not helpful, I, I came across another uh, kind of definition. And it basically said this, that there's all these nuances to the glory of God, and and it referenced like it, it, each and every time it, it may be a different emphasis on uh, a nuance, but but all three of these should be uh, around. And so, uh, one was this: they said that there's there's a brightness or a splendor to the glory of God, and and I so appreciate that. You know, like the, like the Bible, it, it uh, describes these a- angelic creatures. They're, they're just called the seraphim. And they sit in the presence of God. And, and they they have actually have six wings. They have uh, two on their back, two on their feet, and then they have two on their face. So they can cover up their face in the presence and the brightness, the splendor of the glory of God. And so there's a brightness to the glory of God. There's, there's also a great power... And great strength great power and great strength is found in the glory of God and and I'll just illustrate it this way you know once again I'll go to the spiritual realm as you know that the Bible describes angels and listen don't think little baby in a diaper if you saw an angel you would need a diaper okay they're they're unbelievably powerful in fact in 2nd Kings chapter 19 it uh, the Assyrian armies were encamped uh, around Jerusalem 185,000 Assyrian soldiers and, and what happens the angel of the Lord appears. One angel wipes out one hundred and eighty-five thousand trained Assyrian soldiers. Right? They're they're amazingly powerful, but in the presence of the glory of God, these angelic warriors they fall on their face. The, the The scriptures say that they bow before God. In fact, you know it says that the the angels were present at the creation uh, of the world. And it says this in the book of Job, it says, when the angels saw, when God said, let there be light, it says that the angels shouted for joy. They're like, get out of here. That's amazing. Right. And so they're, they're overcome. There's so much power and strength in the glory of God. And then here's the third nuance that they reference is that there's a majesty and an honor, a majesty and an honor. And you know, these, these seraphim that, and the cherubim that, that sit in the presence of God, they have this constant refrain throughout all eternity. And it's this, holy, 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 right? We see the, the majesty and the honor of who God is. And and so um, if, if I can bring uh, the glory of God, maybe outside of the spiritual dimensions and bring it here into the natural, let me, let me quote the psalmist in Psalm 19, verse one. Um, the psalmist says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Um, it's like, like, have you ever seen just the perfect sunset? And, and like you might be busy and about your day, but there's something that compels you to stop and to look. See, there's, there's something captivating about the glory of God and the beauty of His creation, right? Um, in fact, uh, St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, you know, he stood on the coast uh, of North Africa and he, was over, he overlooking the shores of the ocean as he peered out at the beauty and the beautiful uh, blue-green waters and the, and the green of the hillside. He, he just said these words, if these be the beauties afforded to sinful man, what does God have in store? for those he loves." In other words, man, this is sinful, uh, broken creation. What must the glory of God look in, in a perfected heaven, a perfected earth, right? And so, um, uh, glory, uh, it, it's a word that's its hard to define, but you know it when you see it. it it's like beauty. It's, it's tough to define, but you see it, you go, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. And so, he, here's the big idea for us today, and I, I think you'll see it in each of the Lord's prayers uh, this morning is this you were created to be a glory agent of god you are a glory agent to to bring the glory and the splendor of god into the world and so let let me take us back and i promise we will get into john 17 but i need to set this up and so uh in in genesis chapter one we see right that, that god says let there be light And what? Light has been streaking through the cosmos at 186,000 miles per second, right? It's still pushing uh, out to the outer edges of the universe. And and it says this, that the earth, it was formless and void. And then God goes to work and, and, and he forms it and he fills it. He forms it. And he fills it. And so he fills it with, with beauty, with life, with majesty. It, it is the glory of God. And each time God creates, he says, it's good. It's good. It's good. And, and until uh, on the sixth day, he forms man from the dust of the earth. And then it says that he breathes into him the breath of life and and, and God creates humanity. And he says this is very good. And because there's there's something of the breath of God uh, that marks uh, humanity, it makes us distinct in the creation order that you and I are distinct in this is that we are image bearers of God. Uh, you've never seen, uh, there's no such thing as a normal human being. We're all have infinite worth and dignity because we've been created in the image of God and we're to reflect that image uh, in the world around us, right? We're image bearers. And so uh, I love what uh, St. Irene, Uh, he was an early church father and and get this so just to know this this guy was legit like st. Irenaeus uh, he was discipled by a man by the name of uh, Polycarp Polycarp was discipled by a man the Apostle John who wrote the gospel of John and oh by the way John was discipled by Jesus all right so can we agree that this dude st. Irenaeus is is legit and and he has this quote that I think is is so epic and helps us today is this he says that the glory of God is is man fully alive? The glory of God is man fully alive. And so, man, when we're, when we're all that God has created us to be, what happens? God is glorified uh, and, and the earth uh, is loved. And so, uh, you and I were created to be glory agents. Uh, man's mission, uh, after God creates uh, the man and the woman, what does he do? He tells them, it says, he blesses them, and then he says, what? Be fruitful multiply and then fill the earth with the glory of God. I love uh, the prophet Habakkuk. Uh, He says it a little bit differently. He says this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Man, like the waters cover the sea. So you and I are to go Fill the earth, subdue it, and fill it with the glory of God. And so um, uh, now you might be asking yourself, well, if we're supposed to be these great glory agents, what went wrong? And I'm glad you asked me because Genesis uh, 3 is what went wrong. It's that Adam and Eve... Uh, the ate of the forbidden fruit it was rebellion against God they they aligned themselves uh, with a serpent uh, he would later be known as the god of this world right and and so something in humanity when we rebelled against God something died on the inside of us something on the inside of us died the the book of Romans would say this that our, our foolish hearts they grew dark um, the uh, I would say it this way that the glory of God something of God's glory it, it diminished. Or disappeared on the inside of man um, you could say this that that humanity uh, we became Ichabod Ichabod I don't know if you've you've heard of that that name and but but Ichabod it means the glory has departed. Um, you actually see it uh, in your Old Testament, the book of First Samuel. If you're familiar with First Samuel, it's like it's after the book of Judges, and the book of Judges it says that 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 God's people did what was right in their own eyes. In other words, man, we're God. We they, they forgot God in the land. Of promise uh, and uh, and listen uh, I was reading a book uh, it, it's called the faith by a man by the name of Chuck Colson and Chuck Colson he, he tells the story of actually um I man China years ago they, they were they sent researchers to analyze what made uh, the United States of America so successful and they were analyzing what was it their political system and they decided no it wasn't was it their their military no it wasn't that as well was it their uh, economic system they said no it wasn't that as well. And these researchers, they boiled it down to one thing. It was because of their God. It, w- it was our Christian underpinnings that up, uplifted and undergirded, man, all those other um, uh, things, the, the economy, uh, the, our government, all that was undergirded by Christian uh, morality and Christian virtues, right? And so uh, uh, the United States of America, God has, has graced us, but we're in danger much like God's people in 1 Samuel that, that we're just gonna do what's right in our own eyes and we, we we want God's stuff, but we kick God out of the United States and it's it's not gonna go good, but back to my message, all right? And so uh, Israel, uh, back in 1 Samuel, that, that they would only turn to God when they got in a jam, right, I'm so glad we don't do that anymore. But so the Philistines attacked and so immediately uh, God's people, they went for the Ark of the Covenant. It, it was the tangible glory of God in a box. And whenever the glory of God was brought to the the front of the war, what power and might and victory uh, ensued for God's people. But God was not going to be a God who's going to be used by his people. And so uh, uh, inevitably, the Philistines won. They actually captured the Ark uh, of the Covenant, uh, the glory of God. And and the the priest Eli and his two sons uh, died in in a bloody battle. And then what happens? Eli's wife, who was great with child, gave birth. And that day she named her child, Ichabod, the glory has departed. And so um, uh, Ichabod would be our story through much, of the Old Testament, that the the glory of God had departed. There was only the faint remembrance of what it was like uh, to to be a glory agent, uh, the glory of God inside of us. But then the New Testament would come. And in Luke chapter two, we see that the skies rip open with the birth uh, of a baby born of a virgin. And what do the angels cry out, glory to God in the highest. What happens, man? Man, that God, the glory had returned to humanity. It was was God in a bod. Jesus Christ, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, right? Uh, But that's going to be for Christmas, so I I won't go that far into it. but, But Jesus... He wound up and he, he lived uh, the perfect life. And wherever he went, he brought the glory of God. He brought healing. He brought life from death. He brought calm to storms, right? And, and it was God's glory uh, being formed and fashioned and seen in the world. And then, hours before Jesus is gonna die, his sacrificial death, uh, we hear this prayer that he prays today. And he's gonna pray to the Father for his disciples and for you and me. And so let's get into it. John chapter 17, uh, verses one through five, Jesus, it says this, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And so when I, when I was studying uh, this text this week, man, it, it hit me when it, when it just says, um, Jesus, his hour had come. Do you know, in, in John's gospel, uh, six times, he would say, it's, it's not my hour, it's not my time, it's not my hour, and then suddenly, in John chapter 17, the hour had come. It, it, it was time uh, for Jesus uh, to go to the cross. And, and so, Jesus, it says that, that he's gonna glorify God on the cross, and if you're like me, you might be thinking, hey, well, where's the glory in the cross? It was just a bloody mess uh, to, to an innocent uh, uh, man that was good perfectly good. And and let me tell you where where the glory is in the cross. So uh, let me illustrate it this way. So um, uh, two two uh, distinct things that happened to me in Manhattan. Here's number one is, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving into Manhattan, get out of the Lincoln Tunnel, and then um, I make an illegal right-hand turn from the second uh, uh, to the right lane, right? I, I pull out and this big, long, sweeping right-hand turn, and sure enough, cops are waiting there. Boom, pulling people over like this. They pull me over. I'm like, ah, so I did what every Christian would do. I prayed, please, God, let it just be a warning, right? <laughs> a cop comes over, license registration, sure enough, boom, $160 ticket right Uh, and uh, but now let me contrast that with uh, months uh, later I I parked my car in Manhattan and um, so I was only gone for an hour but I came back windows smashed in and they they stole uh, my 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 man purse or my backpack (laughs) and I had my iPad and all these things in it Uh, in fact I'm watching uh, find my iPad Uh, I'm watching somebody's going walking away with it somewhere couldn't find him and so I'm, I'm calling the police and and you know You know what I wanted? I I, I wanted justice in that instance. I wanted my stuff back. Uh, But you know what? When I got pulled over uh, and I break the law, you know what I wanted? I wanted mercy and grace. And that's the glory and the beauty in the cross. That that through uh, the bloody uh, cross, that we see the justice, the holy wrath of God poured out uh, against sin but we also get to see the mercy of God in that Jesus died in our place, that God is mercy, merciful and gracious to sinful people, right? When, when, when I'm sinned against, I want justice. Uh, but when I'm the, the culprit and the sinner, I want mercy. And God does them both beautifully uh, to the glory of his name in the cross. Um, notice in verse three, it says this, it says, and, and, and this is eternal life that they know the only true God and, and isn't it a fascinating man it's like and we always think of heaven as a place but man when you read heaven's less a place and more a person like this is eternal life to know God. And that word for "no," it's, it's a unique uh, word. Like there's, there's several different words in the Greek language that they use. And one is oida. Uh, oida means uh, to, to know facts, uh, to, to, to have knowledge about uh, certain facts. But uh, there's another word, gnosko. And it's, it means more to know people to know nuance, to experience people. Right. And so here's what that, that word is this, man, this is eternal life that we might gnosko God, that we might experience him and know him. And and I promise you, see, it's, it's not enough to know some facts about God. And my my great fear is that many of you, uh, know Jesus, like, like I know Abraham Lincoln, like I I know that he was a good man, did some good things and died an untimely death. That's going to be insufficient, uh, Uh, For eternal life. Like I need to know and experience God uh, on a daily basis. And listen, Gnosko, Gnosko uh, is available to you and I uh, on a daily basis. It's there for us. We can know God. Uh, I love uh, verse four when he says this. uh, He says that "That I have glorified you on the earth by doing the work that you gave me to do. Um, and so I, I need you to know this. You bring glory to God when you do what he's called you to do. You glorify God. God has a purpose and a mission for your life. In fact, uh, in, in Psalm 139, it, it says this, that that man, that all your days, were written in his book, like God has these these chapters and these things that he's preordained uh, for you to do. Paul would say it in the book of Ephesians that there's good works he's foreordained you to walk in, like there's these ready-made good works each and every day that God expects us uh, to walk in. Jesus will put it uh, another way. In Matthew 25, it's, it's just what's known as the parable of the talents. And, and Jesus tells about a, a wealthy man who gives one person five talents, one person two, and one person one. A talent was a, it, it was a, a currency, it was a type of money. And do you know that one talent... It was worth, in today's dollars, $1.4 million. So, listen, you might only be a one-talent person, but, man, you are wealthy. That is a gift from God. And what are you doing uh, with the currency? What are you doing with the talents that God's given to you? Man, because the one with five, he multiplied it. The one with two, he used it and multiplied it. But the one with one, he took it and he buried it. And Jesus had some unbelievably harsh words. Uh, for that man. He says, uh, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. Like, like I hope that hits some of us today, man, that there will be an accounting. God's going to ask you, what did you do with this stuff? That I gave you. <laughs> it's a funny, funny story. I, I, I took this uh, little kid uh, in our in our congregation. Uh, he's he's learning to play hockey and uh, and and so I you know I picked him up at his house and it was great. He had his little hockey bag and, and we were driving and he's we were talking and it's funny. He looked at me, this nine year old kid. He looks at me. And he goes he goes I'm extremely fast. <laughs> and I'm like whoa, really? You know like, he's feeling himself. And then uh, he told me some things about his mom and dad. Probably it was inappropriate. Probably shouldn't have told me those things. But uh, and then he went on to tell me to that I'm really an excellent hockey player. I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see this. And so we get to the hockey rink and we put our skates on and you know what? He was really good. Uh, But I remember I was getting tired. I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't have to keep doing this. And he was like, hey, can we just go eat lunch and go home? I'm like, sure. And so his dad had given him money for lunch. I'm like, no, no, bro. I I got you. I got you. Let me bless you and buy you. And so, you know, I I bought him lunch. Well, now the kid had the lunch money and what does he do? He went into the, the pro shop and he just spent all of it on himself he came out with all these rolls of hockey tape and uh, like a hockey stick and all this stuff and then as we were driving i was driving them back to his house it hit him he says Oh, no, my dad is going to be so mad. He didn't say mad. He said uh, a word that rhymes with hist. I won't say it uh, because I'm a pastor. Okay. And, uh, and so he says, man, my dad's going to be mad. He says um, it, it hit him because he realized uh, he didn't. He gave me that money not to spend it all on myself. And, and my fear is that, that one day day God's going to crack the sky open and he's going to say, hey, what did you do with the stuff I gave you? And like that little boy, man, we're going to have spent it all on ourself. And you know what happens in the parable of the talents? It says that that God cast him away into outer darkness. And there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, I don't want that when I stand before the Lord. And so, man, God is glorified when we do what He's called us to do with what He's given us. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, here's a uh, here's point number two. That notice that Jesus is going to pray for His disciples. I'm going to chop this up a little bit. I'm going to uh, uh, kind of jump around in the text. I don't always like to do that, but it's it's kind of long. And so, uh, uh, let me just uh, just uh, bear with me. And so, First uh, John uh, chapter 17. Uh, I'll start in verse. 6, but he says this, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Jump down to verse 9, he says, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you gave me, or in other words, his disciples, for they are yours. Verse 10, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and get this, and I am glorified in them. Jump down to verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth as you sent me into the world so i have sent them into the world. And so, I hope you picked it up. Like, like, man, Jesus, in his prayer time, he just kept talking about the world, the world, the world, the world. And if you were to add it up, man, some 18 times in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he's he's uh, di- making a distinction between people that are uh, in the world and those that aren't of the world, right? And so, um, uh, let me kind of articulate it uh, this way, explain what, he, what Jesus means by the world. And so, you know in john's gospel he's known as as the the disciple of love because you know he says in in his gospel uh, john writes about love 57 times he's just like love 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 right he was known as the apostle uh, of love and then in in first john john's epistle it's only five chapters long do you know he uses the word uh love 46 times like that is amazing so he's just john just loves everything but there's one thing in first john he says Love all these other things. Don't love this. First John two fifteen. He says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." And so, um, um, some further uh, explanation here is this. And he says, "Don't love the world." And and let me explain what the world is. Um, So um, it, it. the Bible will tell us about uh, Lucifer, or he's known as the Morning Star. Uh, he w- he was an angel uh, who who would uh, lead the worship of God in the heavenly realms. Uh, but but this Lucifer, uh, Lucifer, he he wanted the glory that was supposed to reside on God. He wanted the glory on himself. And so uh, he decided that he thought he could be a better God than God himself. And we read about this, this Lucifer, uh, who would one day become Satan uh, in Isaiah 14, verses 13 to 14, that that Lucifer, he says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high, I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will make myself like the most high. You could hear the arrogance and the pride. He says, I can be a better God than God. And God takes him up uh, on his ask. He casts them out of the heavenly dimensions and down to earth. And it was here uh, in earth uh, that he he would become what's known as the God of this world. And, um, uh, and now what, what do we see? God took him up on his thing. You think you're a better God than me? Well, let's see. And and now, for the millennia, the cosmos has been able to see what an utter and epic failure Lucifer or Satan is as the God of this world. Because uh, everything about the God of this world system is broken. It leads to death, suffering, uh, the demise of humanity, and the the destruction of love. You see it all the time. And so Jesus declares, man, I'm a better God than you are. And so... um, we read it that, that Jesus gives his disciples. He gives them God's truth. He, he protects them in God's name. In John chapter 20, he's going to give them the Holy Spirit. And, and now these disciples, they are beginning. They're going to be a new creation. That part of their spirit that died uh, in sin came to life. It, it was what's called born again. That the, the disciples became a new creation, a new humanity. Or you could say it this way: glory agents. And these disciples would go, and then they would spread the glory of God. And this glory spread fast. Like you had uh, 12 disciples, but then, uh, man, on the day of Pentecost, you're going to have 120 uh, in an upper room. And then from there, Peter's going to preach, and there's going to be 3000 glory agents birthed into the church till to this day, man, there's 2.2 billion glory agents, Christ followers in the earth, man, the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea, that, that the disciples, uh, they, they would spread the glory of God uh, by the love they had for people like the poor and the marginalized. Man, they were cared for and loved by the early church and the disciples. In fact, um, the, the Romans were beside themselves because when someone got sick or the plague came, they, they would just cast sick people to the side, but but not, not the disciples, not the glory agents. They, they would t- care for and tend to the sick. In, in fact, one Roman official, he said this, man, they not only care for their own sick, but they care for ours as well. And so you can see there's something blindingly glorious Glorious uh, about the disciples um, the disciples you know that they, they glorified God in it through the spilling of their blood it was as if the spilt blood of the martyrs of the early church became the, the firm foundation by which man the glory of God uh, uh, filled the earth so uh, there's a, actually one. If you remember the, the emperor Nero, deranged, deranged, sick man who um, who escalated the persecution of Christians and, and actually reveled in torturing them. And there is a Nero had this place. It was just called Nero's Circus, and it was there he would host parties and he would use uh, Christians and, and he would uh, put them as human torches, light them on fire to light up the sky at night. This man was a sick, sick man. But get this through the shedding of the blood of these martyrs, the way these people died, it did something in the inside of people. And Christianity began to grow until it, it became the official religion of Rome. And not only that, where, where Nero's circus was, now stands the largest church on planet Earth, St. Peter's Basilica, right? It, it, it's, it is the glory of God, undeniable and unstoppable. Uh, and then uh, uh, lastly, do you know that Jesus prayed for you uh, and for me? Like this is like, pay attention. Jesus is going to pray for you and I, this transcendent prayer that's traveled uh, throughout the millennia and is, is being answered uh, today in your life and in mine. Uh, John 17 verses 20 to 23 Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, a.k.a. you and me. Uh, Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, uh, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and get this and love them even as you love me. What a staggering promise! And so we see that Jesus prayed for us. And and here's what I, I, I let me uh, I heard this story. I thought it was so great. It's former President uh, George H. W. Bush. So the the senior Bush, uh, he you know he he recently passed away and. Now, all these stories about his life uh, are, are coming out, and, and there's one story I stumbled upon that, that George Bush, that he, he would sponsor several kids uh, through this uh, uh, ministry called Compassion International, and he would support these kids in, in, in poor or poverty-stricken situations. And, and so, uh, uh, President Bush, he actually sponsored this young kid in the Philippines by the name of Timothy, but, but he didn't let the kid know. He'd write him letters occasionally, but he didn't let him know he was the former president of the United States. And and so he would have uh, all these clues, like like uh, one time he wrote this, he says, "I want to be your new pen pal i 'm an old man seventy seven years old. I don't like the part of that part of the story. He says, "But I love kids, and though we have not met." I love you already. I live in Texas. I will write to you from time to time. Good luck, and they just signed it, G. Walker, right? And so uh, he, he kept doing these, like dropping these little hints uh, that he was the president, but Timothy never found out until uh, after uh, Bush's passing and, and Timothy uh, grew to the age of 18, one of the Compassion International reps uh, pulled Timothy aside and let him know, hey, Timothy, your, your pen pal, your sponsor, was, was none other than the President of the United States. And Timothy was so blown away. He's like, I can't believe a man that powerful, he knew my name. And you know, in a real way, man, the, the most powerful uh, God in, in all of, of the universe, he knows your name he knows you. And 2000 years ago, man, Jesus, he prayed for you. And here was his prayer, man, that that you would would live in him just as the father uh, is in the son and that we would move together as one that what the world might know, uh, the goodness of God. And so, um, I'm going to close with this. Is, so uh, uh, I, I visited my, my mom. Who I hadn't seen my mom in about nine years. And, and if you're judging me, thinking I'm a horrible son, you're right. <laughs> and so, man, I, I waited too long to go see my mom. And so, so we went there and went with my wife and my daughter. And, and, um, and so we just you know, have dinners and stuff at night. But, but after we left, my mom commented this. She made this comment to me. She says, it, it, it just stood out so much to me. She said, the unique relationship that you and your family have. That, that your wife and your daughter and yourself, how you guys, you all love each other and you love being together. There was this unity and it was amazing that, 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 that there was something about that that was attractive uh, to my mom. And you know, in a, in a very real way that, that my prayer is for us, Is that, man, as as we are, are aligned with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we're one with God and one with one another, man, that the world would marvel and be drawn to, attracted to what we have in Christ. It's nothing other than the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we just—I uh, want to thank you this morning, God, for each and every one, Lord, within earshot of my voice. And God, my my simple prayer this morning is that, Lord, that we would be aligned with you, uh, Lord, you in us. Uh, and the Father and the Spirit, we'd be aligned with you and your word. And as we walk uh, in this world, at our job, uh, in our homes, with our friends and our neighbors, that people would see the tangible glory of God on our life. I pray it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, listen, every nation, um, the, the the sermon's finished, but we're not quite done. Is I, I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. Um, there's three ways you can give uh, to our church. You can go to our website. ENCNJ.org and just hit the giving icon. Uh, Or you can give via text. This is the way my family and I give. If you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or you can give it the old-fashioned way. Mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you uh, as you honor Him in the tithe uh, and in your offerings. And so, every nation, Jesus loves you and I think you're pretty amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.